It's been a while. I know I shouldn't have kept you waiting, but I'm here now. (laughs) Sorry, I couldn't resist. (laughs) Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Have We Met with Brett. I will be your host today as we talk about all of the new pop music released on or before Friday, November 17th, 2023. My hope is that I will introduce you to an artist you aren't that familiar with or a song you maybe wouldn't have heard otherwise, and that by the end of the episode, you will have met your new favorite song. Now, if you're a follower of the podcast, you know we have been off the last two weeks. I was in Florida with my now fiancé. We were at Disney World for a few days, and then we were in Naples visiting my parents for a few days, and we were gone for two Mondays. Normally, I record on Mondays, and it just seemed too much to try to do that all while being on vacation. Uh, So I apologize if you've been missing the episodes or if you've been looking for the new playlist and seeing it hasn't been updated. I did have a couple people reach out and message me and ask if everything was okay. And so I appreciate that. I think I was also having a bit of a existential, does anyone even care kind of moment about this? Uh, You know, I'm mostly just doing it for myself and my own enjoyment. And so when the enjoyment is is missing, it's, it's a lot more difficult to do, right? So... I think going forward, I might do the podcast once every two or three weeks instead, just because that means I have more songs to talk about, more artists that I'm more familiar with, and I feel like I have more to say, and it's uh, it's just going to be a better episode because of it. The other reason, this isn't true, it's, it's something I'm making up, but just go with me, okay? The other reason I've been off is, well... The first song we're going to talk about today inspired me. I've been in part of an ad campaign for Dua Lipa. Now she's here. Now she's there. Now you see her. Now you don't. She disappears. She's just like Houdini. But before I get into talking about Houdini, and there is a lot that I want to say about this great, great new song from Dua Lipa, I want to remind you as a fan of the podcast to rate the show if you can. I've had a few people on holiday ask me how to do a rating. If you're on Apple Music, go to the main page of the podcast, scroll all the way down, and you'll be able to rate or review it there. And if you're on Spotify, just go to the main page of the podcast, click those three little dots, and it should give you the option to rate the show. If you could give me five stars, that would be great. But if you think that there is something that could be improved with the podcast or something else you think we should be focused on going forward, that is totally cool. Just shoot me a message and let me know. Like I said, this is still new to me. I'm still figuring out my stride, figuring out what works. So I'm open to all of your comments and your suggestions. Now, let's get into it, shall we? Okay. Now, for the casual listener, it might not seem like a big comeback for Dua Lipa because her Barbie single, Dance the Night, ended up being a huge hit over the summer for her. But it seems as though this late fall for a single and then maybe an early spring album, that's basically the same timeline they used for Future Nostalgia. And that worked so, so well for her that I am not surprised they're trying to replicate that success. We live in an era of instant gratification with music and high turnover, and she is one of the very few artists that is able to take an album campaign and make it span out over the course of several years. It has been four years since we heard Don't Start Now for the first time, which is crazy to think about. But with a couple buzz singles, a remix album, a Moonlight edition, and a world tour, that fills up a lot of time, right? And while she was on that tour, she was working on music almost the entire time. Apparently, she recorded over 90 songs for this upcoming album. 
Don't Start Now ended up being a mission statement for future nostalgia, a throwback sound, a bygone era, certain very specific influences that she was able to make a really, really strong, cohesive record with. And that's kind of the way that music is going to go from here on out, right? There, there isn't really anything that hasn't ever been done. And I think Dua both knows that, but she also has so much respect and knowledge about the music that does exist that she's able to refine it in a really unique way. You know, most people, you just hear their song and it's just, it's a sample. It's an interpolation. You know what it is immediately and it sounds kind of the same as the original. With Dua, I don't find her references are that obvious. You know, sampling in excess for Break My Heart, for example, if I wasn't told to look for that, I might not have heard it right away. So I'm going to tell you what you should be looking for when you listen to Houdini, because it is also a reference to a very specific time in music history and one of my very favorite eras in music. This is the blog house era. Now, I haven't heard too, too many people talking about this yet. And my hope is that that means the entire album kind of follows a similar soundscape if Don't Start Now was sort of the mission statement for future nostalgia and that era, I am really hopeful that Houdini is the mission statement for this upcoming album. And it must be, right? That's how Dua's mind works. And it's how first singles work, right? It's an introduction. And so if you aren't familiar with Blog House, well, welcome to a Have We Met History Lesson. The first thing you need to know about Bloghouse is that it happened in a very specific era and time in music. It was between the era of Napster, LimeWire, you know, illegal downloads, when record companies were starting to crack down on that illegal music sharing, or what they saw as illegal. I obviously had Napster and LimeWire and missed those days really dearly. I think music is for people and should always be. And that attitude was shared by a lot of people in that time. So until things like Spotify or Apple Music came along, these streaming services, there was this sort of no man's land in the middle where sharing songs was deemed illegal and you could be persecuted under the law, right? Under sort of copyright rules. So people found a way around that by creating homemade remixes of these songs. You know, maybe I'm not allowed to download this original version, but I can make my own remix and make that free. It's, it's like a mixtape, right? So people started making their own music, uploading it to these blogs, and it became a movement. People who didn't really know anything about making music were suddenly creating these remixes and uploading them to blogs. People were then downloading them and they were playing them sometimes the same night out at the bar. So it was about what was trendy, what was new, what was exciting. And so maybe that's part of what I really relate to about that movement. But it was being on top of what's everybody talking about. And the way that people did that was there was a website called Hype Machine. Hype Machine was like an aggregate site that looked at all of the different music blogs. And the more times a song was mentioned on these different blogs, the higher it ranked on Hype Machine. So if you had the number one song on Hype Machine, you had like the number one blog house song. And that meant people were expecting to hear it when they went out to the party, right? So you would see online the next day, like either on MySpace or, you know, a Facebook photo album of all these people at the party. You'd be looking at what they were wearing. You were looking at who was there. Who's that cute guy? Oh, my God, is that Paris Hilton on a table? It was an era about nightlife in a really modern way. And it was also about dancing in a way that I don't think club shows are anymore. Now a DJ is expected to put on uh, a set with lighting or some sort of display or show where everybody stands there watching the stage instead of everybody dancing. Now we have to talk about what Bloghouse sounds like because that is how it all ties back to Dua Lipa. 
Bloghouse is characterized by a few things, but think about this. If I'm creating a remix with an illegitimate acapella that I found online, I'm uploading this remix, probably not in the highest quality to this website. Somebody is then downloading that from that website. Every time that file is compressed a little bit smaller, it means the sound gets a little bit more crunchy is usually the word used, right? The quality isn't great. It's a little static, a little fuzzy, a little blurry. And then you turn that up really, really loud and it's a little distorted, right? So Bloghouse has this rough around the edges kind of feel. But it was a really exciting time for music because a lot of bands who were making basically rock music before that were finding this crossover success in the dance sphere. I won't go into too, too much more detail. If you are curious about the Bloghouse era and that speaks to you, there's a fabulous book called Never Be Alone Again. It was written by a woman named Lena Abascal, who was big into the party scene while all that was going on, has a lot of respect and admiration for that time in music. The title of her book is taken from the Justice and Simeon collaboration, We Are Your Friends, which if justice is the sort of face of Bloghouse, then We Are Your Friends is kind of the thesis statement. I'm actually just going to play you a clip from it. I feel I often on the podcast will talk about a song like everybody knows what it is. Uh, But I think once you hear this one, you actually will. All right, so you hear that kind of buzzing sound around that bass line, how it kind of wobbles. That is so iconic Bloghouse, and it is something that features prominently on Houdini. The other thing is those kind of almost like orchestral chords in the background. They have that throwback 80s kind of sound, but with something that's just a little bit warped about them, right? Another thing that we find on this new Dua Lipa song. Now, with both of those things in mind, I'm going to play you a clip of Houdini and tell me if you can hear the similarities. Can you hear what I'm talking about there? It's a little bit more refined and reserved. Of course it is because we're, you know, a decade or in a bit on from that era and the technology is just there and she's recording it in a real studio. But a lot of those sort of keystone bloghouse influences are featuring really prominently. The one thing that I would say is missing from that is sort of that unabashed energy. But of course, Dua saves that for the final act. Have a listen. Dua just gets it, you know, I just don't think there is anyone else, you know, of the main pop girls who has what she has. A, she's an it girl. She just has that air about her. She has that star quality, but she also has a very keen sense of what she sounds good doing, where her voice sits. 
the kind of music she should be making. I think she really, really gets it in every way. And the rumor is, is that she was in the studio with Justice working on some of the 90 songs that she has for this album. Now, apparently none of them have made the final track list, as, as far as I know anyway. But in the same way that she had the Blessed Madonna, a DJ, remix every song for Future Nostalgia for a club version of that album, I would absolutely die if she had Justice take the reins on a Bloghouse remixed version of her upcoming third album. She worked on that song with a man named Kevin Parker, who's a member of the band Team Impala, as well as dance music producer Danny L. Harl. So the team she has behind her, there is that rock influence, right? Not playing by the rules, not doing what's expected. Apparently, there is an extended version of Houdini coming that plays more into that psychedelic outro and really like builds on that energy. So I can't wait to hear that. There was a live version they released of Don't Start Now, which acts as the Don't Start Now extended version. And I only listened to that. So I assume the extended version of Houdini is the one I'll be going back to as well. The last thing I'm going to say, I promise I'm almost done. It's like half the episode already and I'm still talking about Dua Lipa. But the other thing I want to point out is that Houdini is a song about being somewhere until you feel it's not where you belong anymore, right? This person isn't taking care of you, you disappear. And that idea of an era that is like blinking, it's gone. That's what Bloghouse was all about, right? It was such a brief window in time, this rock and roll, you know, this punk attitude of music is for the people. And then it was gone, right? And then we were into a new era. And recapturing that, you know, I actually never really thought it could be recaptured, but this song makes me feel like it can be. And that energy is still very much alive and well, especially in pop and in dance music. I am just so thankful I finally got to talk about all this. It's something I'm really passionate about, and I hope that I've piqued your interest. If you want to borrow that book from me, just shoot me a message and I'll send it your way. (laughs) Now, I know we were off for two weeks and that there are a lot of other songs that came out in the last two weeks that I would like to call your attention to, but I think I'm going to keep the rest of it from the current week. We've talked enough about two weeks ago. I want to talk about this week. One of my other new favorite songs comes to us from London artist Blaine Muse, but she goes by her stage name, Shy Girl. Shy Girl is 30 years old. She's from the UK. She makes dance music with a primary undercurrent of hip-hop influences. Her song Cleo was really big a couple years ago. She put out an extended version of her album last year, and now it seems she's gearing up to release another album. She was actually supposed to go on tour with Tinashe, and they were supposed to be here just a couple weeks ago. But apparently, and this is what I heard, this could be horrible, gossipy, rumor-mongering, but apparently... Shy Girl went into the rehearsal hall to see what Tanache and her team of dancers were doing. And Tanache is a fabulous performer and dancer, and Shy Girl's stage experience is not, not on the same level, I would say. Apparently, after seeing what Tanache's team was offering, she decided to pull the plug on the tour because she didn't want to be seen as inferior to Tanache. <laughs> Now, that could be a load of bullshit. She, on her website, said that she was going through some health issues that would take some time to deal with and that she needed surgery. Uh, But, you know, if that were all true, why put out another song to promote two weeks later? You know what I mean? All that aside, I think, you know, as much as I appreciate someone's live performances, the music is really, at the end of the day, what speaks for itself. And I really do like this song. It is called Thick, spelt with two Cs, and it features Kosha. Kosha is really familiar with the dance music scene. She's worked a lot with Muramasa. She's toured with Flume. And now she finds herself teaming up with Shy Girl. 
Apparently, Shy Girl has been teasing this song in its demo form at festivals and at live shows, but she didn't feel it was fully ready to release until now. But she also says that that tease and being a little coy is kind of essential to the personality of who Shy Girl is and what her brand is all about. So that's been part of the release strategy for this. We're going to keep that dance party feeling going. This is Shy Girl featuring Kosha Thick. I really like the way that Shy Girl phrases things. She has this flow that kind of, it keeps you on edge, keeps you guessing. The way that she adds those little pauses and gives you a little bit of time to reflect and then gives you something else to think about. I think there's something really organic and innate about the way that she draws you into a song. It has that Kahlo kind of feel, right? Where you're like, oh, this catches my ear. What's she talking about? You know, oh, she's talking about how thick she is. <laughs> And that's usually how I find new music, right? I put on everything that's new, I let it play, and I just wait for something to catch my ear. And that is what happened with our next song. But when I started paying attention to what she was singing about, I found myself getting a little bit emotional. This is a song called Time Will Tell by Cupid Girl. Oh, look at that. We're going from Shy Girl to Cupid Girl. I love when things line up like that. Cupid Girl is the stage name of artist Julie Engelsviken. God, I hope I said that right. She is from Norway. She has a bachelor's degree in music, and she runs her own label called Toward Records. She had an EP out earlier this year called Stupid Cupid, which I took a song from called I Drop Everything, which is on my overall 2023 playlist. So if you're following that, maybe you've heard of her already. If you aren't following the playlist, well, <gasps> what a good little segue. Go to my Instagram at HowWeMetPod. There is a link in the bio there that can take you anywhere you need to go. You can follow the playlist either on Spotify or on Apple Music. You can also subscribe to our Patreon where there are bonus exclusive episodes. And there's a couple other fun little links in there. My 2023 playlist has almost a thousand songs on it. So anytime you need just some background music, something to put on, something to study to, that's where I want you to go. That is every song this year that I have liked. And now there are two songs on it by Cupid Girl. I don't know much about her yet, but I do know that I love the sound of her voice. And this song has that really melancholy feeling, but on her Instagram, she says it's really hopeful. It's about embracing the possibilities and not really knowing what's to come, but hoping for good things. This is Time Will Tell by Cupid Girl. One thing that I'm always looking for when I'm listening to new music is just a sense of urgency. You know, it can be a ballad, but very rarely does a ballad have that sense of like propulsion and energy. And I think those are big feelings, right? So they deserve big sound and big energy behind them. So I'm glad they didn't try to go traditional ballad with that and that they gave us something to move to, right? You know, that's what life is all about. 
And in the spirit of keeping things moving, we're going to talk about our next song. Now, I realized that since my last episode, I have since seen our next artist in concert. This was a fabulous, fabulous event for us. It was a Tuesday night. It was right after, it was Halloween, wasn't it? And on Halloween, we got dressed up. We went to the Slater concert at the Opera House. And with what she has in terms of her budget, I was blown away by what she brought to that stage. There was a full set. It was very like, I'm in my LA apartment and I'm uh, dancing around by myself while I drink my martini, kicking my shoes off and just having a great time. It was performance art and at the very center of it was Slater. Now, her voice, incredible. Her music, amazing. I love almost every single song on her new album, Starfucker. And apparently, there is a deluxe version coming in the next month or so. The release date has been, I think, pushed back a little bit. I'm not sure why. But she teased a song at the show called James Dean. And last week, she put out a song called Makeup. And not about the makeup that you put on your face. This is about the makeup sex that you have after a big fight. It's a song about trying to start fights so that you can make up using your body. Like every other song on the Starfucker album, it is a little bit sexy. It's a little bit anthemic. And it is a little bit iconic. Slater just is getting everything right for me right now. At the concert, she did two covers, one of which was Lady Gaga's Monster. And in the spirit of Halloween, it just fit perfectly. And the other one was her remix of Britney Spears' Gimme More. She musically ticks so, so many of the boxes that I look for in a pop artist. And I think looking up to those people just means you automatically get it. And she has a vision for herself and who her persona is as a pop star that I think is really incredible. It's interesting because the aesthetic of how her visuals look is such a huge part of what is selling Slater to me right now. But her record label, Fader, hasn't been giving her the money to make proper music videos for some reason. And I understand, you know, the art of the music video is maybe less important than it used to be. But still, if you have a viral moment, it is going to lead to some revenue for you. But it's also going to have people familiarize themselves with your face and with your story and with your character. And for her, I think it's almost more important than some other artists that are out there right now. And we talk about this a lot, you know, in it being a crowded field with people making new music and us having a hard time latching on to these new artists. One of the things about Slater is that I've seen her a few times and I've looked for her visuals and they've all really connected. And so I'm surprised they aren't putting more money into her aesthetic world because all of her photo shoots, her videos, they're all crystal clear in who she is and how she's trying to come across. The lack of label support, though, for those videos didn't stop her. She ended up making a bunch of visualizers for the songs on the album all on her own. And in the visualizer for this, it's her and featured artist Lolo Zuai just kind of posing these very classic glamour shots, you know, very 80s. Lots of blush and big jewelry and big hair and them just kind of posing for the camera, you know, these close-ups of their clavicles, that kind of thing. It's very sexy, but very understated in a way. Anyway, without any further ado, this is the first song from the upcoming Starfucker Deluxe Edition. This is Slater and Lolo Zway, Makeup. Sorry, baby, I talk too much and no more tears. I just wanna make up. Stop fights, cause I wanna make up. I stop fights, cause I wanna make up. Apologize for the way that I fuck, yeah. No more tears, I just wanna make love. Stop fights, cause I wanna make up. I'm sorry, so I tell you with my body. 
I love that even though Slater started as this really underground kind of progressive sound, she's really refined it and made it much more pop. But it still maintains her character and her aesthetic. I think she's hit that really perfect middle ground of like how to market it while not losing sight of what she's about and who she really is. So one of her co-writers on that is Kyle Shearer, who's worked a lot with Carly Rae Jepsen. We talked about him a few weeks ago. He wrote Kiss Me with Rina Sawayama and Empress Of. He's a name that pops up a lot in terms of songwriting for some of my favorite pop girls. So I'm really glad that him and Slater have crossed paths. And I'm really glad that she's being so prolific right now. I think she's kind of striking while the iron is hot. She has some buzz. She's keeping people talking. And, you know, like I said earlier, it's easy for songs to kind of come out and within a week-long cycle just sort of disappear again, right? She's not letting that happen with this album. She's pushing the deluxe version a little bit, but it's still coming out within a few months of the album, right? Anyway, it's not too late for you to get on board this later train. At her concert, I posted in my story, if you listened to my podcast, you would know who that is. <laughs> I just want the bragging rights. I want her to succeed so I can be like, I knew it. I knew it all along. Also, have you ever attended a concert on Halloween, seeing everybody dressed up, these crazy headpieces, that kind of thing. The freaks were out, and she was doing it with her costume changes, too. She was out as Catwoman. She came out as sort of this devilish character at one point. It was really, really fun. It was a great show overall. As I mentioned, that song features an artist named Lolo Zue, who also has a new song out this week, and it's one of my favorites this week. It's called Crying in the Car Wash. It's about going through the car wash, wishing you could take the top of your convertible down so that the car wash would wash away the fact that you've been crying. <laughs> I've heard of crying on the dance floor. I've heard of crying on the bathroom floor, but I've never heard of crying in the car wash. What a unique sort of idea for a song. I really love it. And the other thing that's really cool, and one of my favorite things about doing the podcast, is I looked up who she wrote this song with, and she wrote it with a guy named Oscar Scheller who is a queer artist who's collaborated with uh, the lead singer of Muna, for example. And I have a couple of songs of his I really like. And apparently he put out an album this week and I didn't even know. So I'm going to take some time, go listen to that. Maybe next week I'll be back with, with uh, an Oscar Scheller recommendation for you. Either way, knowing that Lolo is so happy collaborating with queer people probably means she knows who her audience is and it probably is why I've been responding to this song all week. Apparently, Lolo was born in France, but then immigrated to San Francisco, which, I mean, might explain some of her queer connections. I also see that she opened for Dua Lipa on some of the dates of the Future Nostalgia Tour. So if she's got Dua's stamp of approval, I am fully on board. This is Lolo Zue and Crying in the Car Wash. What I would really love to hear from Lolo is like a full on like a dance song. Maybe I mean, maybe she has one and I just haven't heard it. But I think there's something about her voice, especially when she goes up into that really fluttery falsetto that oh, makes my heart stop when she goes into that. And I like that trance kind of background, you know, that breakbeat sort of thing. And I think she helps keep it all really focused. And again, this is something I keep talking about too, but a great song is a story, you know, and I get the sense that she's a really good storyteller. And I hear that song. And even if I don't relate to the lyrics necessarily, you know, I don't drive a convertible. 
I am immediately transported and I can see her there or I could be that person, you know? And I think that is such a powerful tool that music has. And with that, I'm going to segue into my song of the week. It's also a little bit of a sad song that I don't necessarily relate to, but immediately when I hear it, I know what she's talking about and I empathize with her. It comes to us from UK singer-songwriter Emily Sande. I remember Emily from like a decade and a bit ago when I was working at Club Monaco in Vancouver, her song next to me was on the playlist and I always loved when it came on. It had this really like gospel almost sounding, you know, really powerful, big energy, big vocals and a really romantic kind of song too. Emily's new album just came out on Friday. It is called How Were We to Know? And this is the second song on it. It's called My Boy Likes to Party. I get the sense that it's a little bit of a breakup album. You know, if next to me, that older song was really romantic, these songs tell a different kind of story, one about the dissolution of a romance. She worked on this song with a producer named Henry Davies, who's worked with Beyonce, Coldplay, The Gorillas, and Sam Smith. So with those artists, you can see quite a range, right? Lots of emotion, but lots of that hip hop kind of style. And I like a song that plays with genre and doesn't put itself into a box. The other thing that I found out about this producer is that he's worked on bespoke soundtracks for different fashion shows, including Louis Vuitton, Jill Sander, and Burberry. Now, how cool is that? Somebody who's on the runway, who's in the music studio, who's producing vocals. I can totally tell why Emily would want to work with him because it's a really stylized kind of song. And even if it has maybe sort of a sad story behind it, it still has energy. And we were talking about that earlier, right? That's probably what's drawing me into this soundscape. This album is Emily's second release as an independent artist. She, after her commercial breakthrough, I think kind of struggled to find her footing, right? And that's always the way it is. You Maybe you have a big song or something that people associate you with, but how do you keep that going, right? How do you get people to invest in you as an artist in the long term? And I think the answer to that is that you just have to trust your artistic instincts. You have to keep making music and you have to keep putting yourself out there, right? And the people that are meant to find you will find you. This is the first song of hers I've heard maybe even since then, right? And it's my favorite song this week. I'm just going to play it for you and then maybe we'll chat about it a little bit more. This is Emily Sande, My Boy Likes to Party. You won't be joining me no more You see when my boy likes to party I never see him when the sun goes down And his home is where the heart is Then his home's on the other side of town Oh yeah, yeah, my boy likes to party And the world, it really gets around Oh, does he, my boy likes to party Don't think he's ever gonna settle down The other thing that I think is really interesting, and Daryl and I have talked about this too, is her age. She is 36 years old, you know, and I think a lot of us grew up in that era of we would see Janet Jackson in her mid-30s and people saying, oh, she's past her prime, she's washed up, she's whatever. And we have this ageism sort of built in, right? But now that I'm in my mid-30s, I'm hearing people sing about these topics that you know, I maybe wouldn't have connected with or that they wouldn't have even really been aware of as younger people, right? And so for her to come into this maturity with how she's singing, 
what she's writing about, you know, working with people she really trusts. I just get all of that in such a confident way from her. You know what I mean? She sounds so at home on that song. And it's a really comforting listen, even if the subject matter is, again, something that's a little bit precarious, right? So I, I love that song. I think it's beautiful. Apparently, some of the other songs on the album are a bit more romantic. So I'm going to dive into that, too. But that was the first one that really connected with me. Uh, so congrats, Emily, on your new album. And uh, it's great to meet you again. Now, there are two more songs that I want to draw your attention to this week. But before we do that, this is a great time to check in. Remind you that if you are enjoying the podcast, I would appreciate a rating or a review from you. Those are apparently the best ways for new podcasts to discover new audiences, right? And I do really want to keep this going, and I am having fun with it. And I think, you know, getting started this week was just a really hard thing for me. But now that I'm into it, I got my flow going, I got my coffee, and I'm just like excited about a lot of these songs, right? So I want this to continue. So if you want to support the podcast, there are lots of ways for you to do it. If you rate or subscribe, obviously that's an easy way. You can share the podcast on your story. Make sure to tag me at Have You Met Pod, and I'll do my best to share it as well. You can also donate through PayPal, and you can also subscribe on our Patreon. There are two monthly subscription levels. One is only $2 a month, and the other one is $5. And that subscription will give you access to special bonus episodes and exclusive content as it becomes available. Now, I promise we are going to end on an uplifting note, but first, I want to talk about the gossip. Now, we talked earlier in the episode about the Bloghouse era, and one of the most famous Bloghouse remixes is the gossip's Standing in the Way of Control, but the Soul Wax remix. That is around when I became aware of them. I was really into their album... It came out in 2005, and that's where Standing in the Way of Control is from. But a lot of people are more familiar with their 2012 album, A Joyful Noise, and this song, Move in the Right Direction. The Gossip, or just Gossip, is an American indie rock band. They are from Arkansas. There are three of them, singer Beth Ditto, multi-instrumentalist Brace Payne, and drummer Hannah Bliley. Now, I love a chick drummer. I think that is so badass. I actually, I was talking about this recently. If you go see a show... And it's a female artist, which, I mean, almost every show I see is. Don't you get a little disappointed when their whole band is made up of men? I Like, I want to see some girl power up there. You know what I mean? But anyway, I don't want to get too off topic. So the gossip, they broke up in, I think, 2016 and then reunited a few years later for a reunion tour. And now they have announced their first album in 11 years. How cool is that? They have been working on it with producer Rick Rubin. And if you don't know the name Rick Rubin, I'm about to blow your mind. Though Rick has a lot of music in the rock realm, you know, Metallica, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Rage Against the Machine, Aerosmith, that kind of thing, there is a lot to be said for his history in popularizing hip-hop music. He's one of the co-founders of Def Jam Recordings, so of course he's worked with the Beastie Boys, Run DMC, LL Cool J, and then everything in between, you know, you see everyone from Linkin Park to The Chicks to Lana Del Rey in his production discography. It's incredible. So apparently... The reunion for the gossip wasn't high on their list of priorities, but when they got into the studio with Rick, they said he made them feel so comfortable, so like like there was no expectations that they could make music because they wanted to, because it felt right, that it didn't matter what anyone else was maybe expecting from them or what they thought they should even be doing, but they were able to create this album 
totally with with trust with the person that they were working with. And how cool is that? Isn't that what every artist wants is just someone who believes in them, right? So if there's an artist in your life, I want you to reach out to them, tell them you believe in them, tell them that what they're doing is special and important because all you need is one cheerleader, right? So I think it's amazing that this person who's been producing music since what, the 80s, is now working with this indie band who haven't produced an album in over a decade. I cannot wait to hear the rest of it. And it's funny because I saw the gossip on my playlist and I thought, ooh, this is going to be really like thrashy and loud. And I've been thinking about Bloghouse a lot this week, right? So I, th- I was expecting that. But this song has a very different vibe for what I was expecting from the gossip. And so that idea that they were recording things without that expectation, it really comes across with this song because it threw me for a bit of a loop. It has this almost sweet kind of quality to it, which I wasn't expecting. This song is called Crazy Again, and it is acting as the first single from the Gossip's album, Real Power, which is coming out in March of next year. Have a listen. Cause you know what I'm like. Cause you know what I'm like. And I might go crazy. Maybe it's me missing summer, but something about that surf rock kind of beach feel is really alluring to me at the moment. And I also always like to draw attention to queer people making music. Beth is openly queer. She is also a huge champion for body positivity. And I think that conversation has changed so, so much since they were originally releasing music in the mid to late 2000s, right? And she's a big part of the reason that conversation has been allowed to change. So yeah, I'm really curious to hear what the rest of the album is going to sound like. I do hope they get us dancing just a little bit, but maybe that's just me. (laughs) But either way, I was really excited to see them reformed, reunited, and uh, making music together again. That is just so, so exciting. Now, speaking of getting us dancing again, I am going to take us out on a high note. I have talked a few times on the podcast about UK singer Kelly Lee. I put her This Is Kelly Lee playlist on the other night, and you would be shocked at how many songs of those you would know and how well suited her voice is to every single one of them. She is consistently serving that big diva house dance moment that I think we all crave. And the really cool thing about this is it samples a very iconic dance song. Now, you might be familiar with the shapeshifters Lola's theme. I remember my very first gay club, Desire. Don't we all remember our first gay club? Let's just take a moment to reminisce. Uh, I remember Desire going out, hearing all of these songs that I like (laughs) at the time didn't know, but now have become so iconic to nightlife and just to my journey as a queer person out at the bar, right? Lola's theme is definitely one of them, though I wouldn't recognize it by name right away. You'll recognize the sample when you hear it. Apparently, Kelly Lee and producer Jess Bays were at an event last year, and they were talking about, when are we finally going to do a song together? And the moment has finally arrived. I don't know a lot about Jess Bays. Apparently, she was a broadcaster on radio. 
And as a host and as a tastemaker, she was getting more and more into dance music until she started creating it herself. She has a couple remixes of songs that I recognize. So I'm going to dive into those as soon as the episode is done. And this kind of goes back to what we're talking about, about having women supporting other women in music, right? We don't often see female DJs. So the fact that Kelly Lee, who has worked with, you know, every single dance producer, has this song coming out, that's a really cool stamp of approval. Uh, and I hope this song does well for them. I put it on for Daryl and I, and we danced together to it the other night, and it has become the most recent addition to our couple's playlist. This song has a very euphoric, uplifting sort of feel. It is called Real Love, and I hope you like it. This is Jess Bays and Kelly Lee. What about? I cannot wait to hear that out on the dance floor sometime soon. If nobody else will play it, I'm going to become a DJ myself. <laughs> I guess I've already kind of am. We have reached the end of our episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope uh, you didn't miss me too much. <laughs> but if you did, that is actually kind of nice. Thank you so much for tuning in again and uh, for letting me sort out some of these kinks. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I would love to know what your favorite song was this week. If you think I got it right, if you had a song you loved this week that I didn't play, please send it my way. Maybe I haven't heard it yet. Maybe I'll uh, play it for you next week sometime, okay? As always, shoot me a follow on Instagram at HaveYouMetPod. That is the best way to stay in touch with everything that's going on with the podcast. Reminder to check out the link in the bio. Yes, there are links to the weekly playlist. And on the weekly playlist, I featured a bunch of songs I didn't have time to play today. I hope you learned something today. I hope you met a new song that you love. Uh, And if you didn't, well, there's always next week. I'll see you then, okay? Thank you so much for listening. I have been Brett, and it was so nice to meet you. Bye.